Welcome back to Gas Bagging. I'm your host, Dan Morrison, and I am joined by a returning gas bagging favourite, our dear friend, Stephen Mannion. I forgot to check your pronunciation again, but that is, <laughs> is that correct? Yeah, Mangin, Mangin. Oh, Mangin. Hard close. on the G. Very Hard close. on the G. Hard on um, the G. Returning favourite, Dan. What a compliment. Oh, absolutely. I Like, raving feedback from last time you are on here. Oh, stop. Um, so you're in Melbourne, and I was going to ask you about the freedoms you have in Melbourne at the moment, but unfortunately, um, as we're recording this, you're heading back into lockdown. Yeah, it's very, um, very unfortunate. You know, there were some freedoms for a week that we were able to carry and celebrate, but... Um... Yeah, unfortunate timing. Delta strikes again, as she always does. Poor, poor Delta. Did you at least enjoy your, like, one week off? It's been good. Yeah, it's been nice. I'm obviously from here originally, so it's uh, given me a nice chance to catch up with people and things like that, although not in the home. Um, But, you know, everything just flips so quickly now. The whole East Coast is back in lockdown, Dan. (laughs) Have you? Did you run into any of our um, dear women from Real Housewives of Melbourne I wish. while you were down there? God, I wish. I saw that they wrapped up filming this week, so I had my eyes peeled around Chapel Street. But um, unfortunately, no, I didn't catch them. Lydia's too busy posting, reminiscing posts about uh, the time she was on Housewives, which is interesting. Uh, I think she's campaigning already for a season six, <laughs> and I absolutely welcome it. I did see, so Janet did comment on someone some obviously random gay doing a Real Housewives um, Instagram account saying, can't wait for this to be back. And she said, mid-October. So if we're going to trust Janet as a source of information, mid-October, we might expect the new season. Which so. you always should. I mean, she doesn't lie. No, she's she's quite an honest gal. I think we've learnt that over the years. So we always love a hot take from our dear Janet. Mid-October, that's good. We'll still be in um, lockdown for that. So that's going to be... Oh, and this and this is when gas bagging turns into an absolute pure Real Housewives of Melbourne really? podcast at that point. It's just going to be full on at that point. Well, hopefully you've got some good Sydney content as well. You know, if Chrissy keeps up these uh, lockdown diaries, you know, you might be able to just fill it up with those two shows. I On Chrissy's diary. So I, I had a moment this afternoon where I kind of just sat down. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch a few back to back. And I, I got to a point where I said to myself what am I doing like what what kind of mental state am I in at the moment that I am watching Chrissy Marsh do like lockdown diaries but then I got to one of them and I just need to quote it verbatim she got to the end of one of her videos and was just doing one of her like kind of summaries at the end of it and she said um get out there get vaccinated get things back to normal and you know what also pro-choice whatever people want (laughs) (laughs) Not a contradiction at all. No, but just I, I love I love pro choice being thrown in there with getting vaccinated as well. So it's just um, she's just posted so so many Dan. I went she's on. She's doing uh, one every day. Every day, right? I went onto her page earlier uh, today, and I just couldn't believe how many videos there were on her front page, just one after the other. I mean, she must be getting incredibly positive feedback, universal acclaim. It's and I looked at the videos as well. There's only about like they're averaging just under two thousand each time, which is I, I guess is still a considerable amount. But um, I feel like po- possibly not enough to constitute um, putting out content every day. But 
I guess, what have we got to do in these times? Like, I'm putting out a podcast, no one's listening to it. Oh. She's putting out a COVID <laughs> lockdown diary. So I guess we're all doing our bit. I Yeah, I think her audience would be quite narrow. It would be a mixture of, you know, us, the people that listen to this podcast, uh, and probably other women who are replicas of herself. So, mm. you know, it's not surprising the views aren't huge. And, you know, that's the audience that probably wants to listen to what she has to say, re-sausage making, etc. I was going to ask, what what are your favourite um, Chrissy Marsh lockdown updates Yes, okay, so okay. So it's, you know, it's very challenging watching the level of delusion play out in these videos. Mm. And I respect that she... Would like to make content. I think Lonely Hearts Club was one that I uh, quite enjoyed watching and probably cringing through as well. Can you give uh, a short explanation of what her Lonely Hearts Club was? Of course, of course. So Chrissy and her girlfriends uh, many years ago started this concept called the Lonely Hearts Club where they would mm. bring other guys to the forefront um, to interact with each other to try and resolve their lonely hearts and appease them and, you know, make their hearts full again. And as they became... Uh, partnered up, you know, they would focus on the girls who were still in the Lonely Hearts Club. Uh, And she's recommended this as a, uh, gosh, source of connectedness and, uh, gosh, support, love to share with your friends during lockdown is Mm. to start your own Lonely Hearts Club as a tradition in your friendship circles and, you know, try and get everybody partnered up. Now, obviously, you don't need me to tell you how problematic that is yeah, <laughs> as a concept. It was also like she was suggesting, even in these times, it's fine, as in, like, have, like, a Zoom call or something and throw, like, another random, like, single person onto the call to introduce them. Like, I just, I, like, I know, I was going to say we're not at that point. Possibly we are at that point. But I just don't think we need to be resorting to, like, this kind of, like, online dating over Zoom shit with friends involved. Like, this is not... This is not right. I don't really understand the execution of it. And I think, you know, the tenders of the world really pick up from what she was trying to do with her friends Mm. all those years ago. I mean, I just don't think we need a Lonely Hearts Club. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I did also enjoy, she said, um, I don't want to hear about the uncertainty, like people (laughs) complaining about it. She goes, I don't want to hear if you can't go to Saint-Tropez. She goes, look at the opportunities. I'm just like... Just I from know. like sitting in her whitewashed house, like talking about this shit and her like <laughs> s- her sausage making as well. It's just, and I love that she um had to still throw in there that even though she's making salami, she still has salami at home, obviously talking about her husband's dick. But like, I love that she's still giving us like alcoholic horny energy, even though she's been off the show for what, like four years now. She just wants to remind us that Lydia energy. I mean, the sausage making was a whole other thing, you know. That actually made it to the grid. I saw her do a post from the sausage making because she, nothing on her grid at the moment is anything but her COVID diaries. (laughs) The fact that that actually made it as a post, she must have really enjoyed that experience. She said it was the funnest thing she's ever done in that post was make sausages. And she didn't understand, you know, so many intricacies of it, such as whether to purchase thin or thick skins for Mm. the sausages from the butcher. The local butcher had to help her. To be honest, I wouldn't know where to start either. So maybe maybe Chris is onto something. Maybe this is my weekend activity at this point. I just think, why would you bother? But, you know, she seemed to have a great time doing it in saying that. But she's She's got the time and the money. So <laughs> um, with, 
I guess yourself going back into lockdown or your current like mental state, I would love to hear what your um, Real Housewives tagline is for the times that we're in. Sure thing. Yes. Gosh, it's been tougher to come back a second time, mm. uh, renewed, but I feel like we've gotten there in the end. Okay. So whenever you're ready, I'll take it I'll away. Go for it. Call me Pfizer. I'm cold, in demand and always sting harder the second time around. That's good. I I really like, <laughs> I like that a lot. I feel like it was much better than your... I can't even remember what your first one... What was your first one last time? You oh, it was a storm in a teacup, rain on stew. Oh, yes. It's very yeah. ambitious. No, no, I, I really like your Pfizer one. That's great. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. And it's yeah. true, you know, Pfizer yeah. is cold and mm. does sting second time round. And very much in demand, as you are to return to the pod. Thank so. you. Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> Hopefully not too much chatter about Demi Lovato and, uh, you know, small fish tank sized sharks this time. Oh, we will see. We've still got a whole episode to go. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, we'll be back with our Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we're back with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I just have to say that um, the dance party that they flash back to at the very beginning of the episode <laughs> was one of the saddest <laughs> dance parties I've ever seen in my life. Just watching Kyle kind of like writhe around on that table a bit was just a bit tough to see. It was terrible. It was like a COVID lockdown dance party, wasn't it? Mm. Nothing I want to be a part of. I think Tom saw that then was hospitalised after witnessing <laughs> the dance party. I think that's actually the chain of events that happened there. <laughs> Drove off the cliff after yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled out of the car after viewing that. Called her from the ditch days later. What's what's your view on the whole, the, the, the Erica and Tom of it all at the moment? Like, what's like, are you a guilty gal or do you think she didn't know like what's your kind of like assessment oh, of America god the question on everybody's lips i think definitely i mean components of it are orchestrated when you watch it like there's just too much drama involved in it for it not mm. to be an emotion from from her as well um I just am so thrilled that the show is back. The girls are back. You know, mm. it's entertaining to watch. And I think um, I'm so pleased by that. I just, what else can I say except for her crying in this episode was just so, like, amplified and epic. The noises she was making while she was crying, it was like watching, what, The Conjuring or something. <laughs> She really is putting on a performance of a lifetime. Like, I I do think when she was on Broadway, people got their money's worth. Like, I honestly think people seeing Chicago got a real treat because she really does know how to... She does know, like, the theatrics of the stage. Do you think she performed on this scale at Chicago? I doubt it, but she is definitely... She needs, like, a second go on Broadway after this performance because I feel like her acting chops have, like, definitely grown since then. Definitely, definitely. And those pictures were released of uh, Tom Girardi this week as well. And God, Looks like he's, he's been punched in the face. And worse for wear, isn't he? Oh, mm, God. No wonder she ran. <laughs> <laughs> I... What... This... I, I feel bad because I probably have said a bunch of things that I'd regret on this podcast as his um, health deteriorates even more because I, I do find the whole Alzheimer's thing or... Is it Alzheimer's or dementia they're saying that it is? 
I think dementia. Dementia and coming from this head injury from the car, I I don't buy it. It's a very convenient like. It's and also as well the thing that kills me is like I watched that documentary and he was like calling those people those like like the orphans widows whatever and clearly speaking to them about like oh we're trying to get you your money we're trying to get you your money so like this whole shit to me is just like bullshit that his mind deteriorated and he didn't know what he was doing with people's money like yes he might have dementia but he's also still a fucking crook like it's not just like they're yeah not definitely hand in hand that this excuses the other like that's yeah not it. he knew what he was doing at the time i think what they're playing at now is that the dementia is kind of overtaken the voice of reason at the minute. So now he doesn't have the ability to reflect and understand. But I mean, that's. I also couldn't handle. I couldn't handle that bit where Erica was asked if she got an allowance from Tom. Oh, and don't. Then she said, Petty blur flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> and then she said like, no, as well. She said like, no, I didn't. But then she like went to her confession and was like, oh, yeah, if I asked him for money, he would just like give me money. I'm like what the fuck do you think an allowance is? Like, if you just, like, ask for money and you get it, like, what's what what link am I missing here? Like, you've just, you've literally explained, like, textbook definition of what an allowance is. Like, he just, like, gave you money if you needed it, like, and you're saying no to these women? I, yeah. can't, I can't keep up with her story, and I think that's the thing that's absolutely killing me, that all of this just seems so all over the place now. It's very, like, uh, it's, it's not very cohesive, it's not very linear, and, you know, I understand the empathy of it all. We watch the tension in the women between being a really supportive friend and embracing the sisterhood and then also pursuing that gossip culture, and, mm. you know, we see it more in the previews of the coming episodes. I mean, I think, I don't think anybody would think she's totally innocent from watching the show. No, and I just feel like this is just giving lawyers, like, all the fucking ammunition they need against her. Like, I just think... I don't think this is helping her, her being on the show. But do you know what? I am grateful as a viewer that I'm getting to see this and, like, see it play out in real time like this. Like, it's great for me. It's interesting, though, Dan, because at the start of the season, I kind of got the opposite vibe that, you know, Andy was kind of protecting her Mm. through the show. I felt like she was taking a really empathetic note, but, I mean, she just looks really pathetic now. And I did, I enjoy. first of all, I enjoyed Garcelle just being back in general because she's just been, like, (laughs) missing. But then she's also just one of those people that asks, like, very direct questions and, like, what everyone's thinking as well. And it was just, like, I guess talking about towards the end of the episode where she, like asked Erica about the whole like Tom calling her and everything when you're saying shit on camera of course you can then say it again in front of the group you're not having these like deep conversations that are technically just between two people and then even if she did said afterwards which Crystal heard which was like I don't want to like talk about this anymore she didn't hear that but still it's on fucking camera like they're not not going to use it so yeah of course she's not in the wrong whatsoever and I did like that Garcelle at least while Erica was there she didn't break as she started like screaming at her saying like you know have your moment whatever in front of me she was, like, quite menacing, but I really was here for it. I think it's exactly what this series needed. Um, I was so glad to see Garcelle back. She's a breath of fresh. I do, and oh. but as I said last week to Mitch, if the reason she's not showing up to things is because she's recording the reel, like, that can be done on a computer anywhere, doll. I'm not going to take that as an excuse you not to be on trips. Like, just yeah. take... Like we're doing now. You Take can do gas it from bagging anywhere. for proof. Exactly. Yes. We're, um, Stephen's recording on his phone. And if the audio quality is shit and everyone's given up at this point, it's due to it being recorded <laughs> on an iPhone. 
And I'm not taking responsibility. We've had to adapt. But We've had I think to it's adapt. going to be fine. It was either going to be me um, every week speaking to my dear friend Lisa or forcing my poor partner Mitch to be on the podcast. So I, I was going to give both of them a break <laughs> at this point. So Stevens gladly accepted. Which They couldn't come up with enough taglines, Dan. No way. Oh, there's not enough to sustain us, I must no. say. I did enjoy Kathy being barely present for everything. Like she was just like basically waking up, forgetting she had houses and then showing up late to their like whole croquet match and everything, asking for straws. Like she's not there, but she is at the same time. And I'm just enjoying that. She is absolutely the MVP of this season and Mm. the gift that just keeps on giving. I just think (laughs) in a world where these women are facing such real heavy issues, uh, which is spewing the drama. I mean, speaking of breath of fresh air, it doesn't get much better than Kathy Hilton. When she needed a straw and some chia seeds. That I love that it was just Kyle needs to like fetch things for her. <laughs> I, I did enjoy just watching the women ride around on bikes as well. Like I feel like I feel like on our putty trip coming up we should get some bikes and just ride oh, around the town if we ever get there. But my god. I'm not so sure about that. You no, know I'm excited think it's I get over sport. <laughs> Yes, riding a bike is tough sport. I rode my bike the other day. My hat flew off, actually. So really? I didn't, rea- I didn't realize I wasn't wearing a helmet until I was already on my way, and then I realized the hat that I was wearing was going to fly off at one point. It did, and some construction women laughed at me. Did you go and pick it up? I did. I had to turn around and go retrieve it, and some um, women in some high-vis vests across the road were actually having a good laugh at me, and I, I kind of gave them a little wave as I picked it up. I'm impressed you've been riding. I My bike broke when I was, I think... Nine years old, perhaps, mm. um, and we just never replaced it, and I've never looked back. That's so, fine. I used yeah. to I used to ride to work all the time, but then our office moved a bit too far, and I wouldn't dare at this point. But it was nice to <laughs> see, it was nice to see our ladies of Beverly Hills riding around. You know, yeah, it reminded me of that scavenger hunt, the gorgeous scavenger hunt episode from, um, gosh, many seasons ago now. Where was that? The scavenger hunt. That was um, it was around the streets of the city, I think, in Beverly Hills. I think uh, LVP was on it. Yolanda was on it. They went to that ice cream shop. Oh my god! You recall it? No, I do. I do not. It was not memorable to me, clearly. So maybe season five or something. It was quite a while ago now. Oh, stunning! I must do a rewatch soon. But no, um, Kathy was great. She missed the croquet. I loved how she popped up. Uh, you know, late. And just said, are we playing Duck, Duck, Goose? I just thought <laughs> you are exactly what this show needs. I also didn't know there were um, forensics teams involved in a divorce. That was the first I've ever heard of forensics outside of like a, I don't yeah. know, like a law and order show. Like what, what do you mean? What are they looking for? Apparently bank details and stuff. They like go through your financial records. But like I literally thought forensics was like a crime scene unit kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, I, I thought no if idea. anything, they'd be at the cliff. When he fell out of the car. and Yes, investigating the, you know, that, seeing his trajectory movie. from the car down the hill behind the house. Would have been a great Law & Order episode, actually. Absolutely. Um, so, any final thoughts on Real House of Beverly Hills? You're enjoying... I like. I am personally enjoying this season. Like, I think it's like a return to form, essentially. I'm so relieved. I think as it goes on, it gets better and better. I think among the Real Housewives series, it's certainly the shining star... At the minute, um, nothing you haven't really said in your prior episodes. I think Lisa Rinna is absolutely done. Um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> loud noises and, and whining and, you know, screaming about, Scott I'm going to go <laughs> gonna go potty, you know. There's nothing else to add once you get to that stage. So mm. she's finished. Uh, what else? 
Sutton had a bit of a look when they went shopping for that small little scene there. She was wearing that big pink furry kind of rejected Sesame Street Muppet look. My head, when they went in there, because I saw the um, store was called Serite, and then I saw Dorit go, and I was like, <laughs> oh, Dorit in Serite. I was like, what a what a moment. Even though she's got nothing else to add at the moment besides no. her feeling like she's not close to Erica. I'm like, oh, Dorit, I don't care. <laughs> I think, yeah, a, a cast shake-up is on the way for next season, surely. Surely. Mm. <laughs> We've got to do a bit of cleaning, I think. I agree with you. I think Kathy, in her current capacity, is perfect. I don't think we need any more of her kind of personal life as a storyline. But I'm so pleased with how the the series is unfolding. I did also enjoy hearing that Crystal is a descendant of Confucius as well. That was um, was (laughs) a real moment for me this week. And a flashback as well. I thought, gosh, I don't remember seeing that scene. No. She's quite good, though. I've been enjoying watching her as a oh, new addition. I, I love Crystal. And I, I, just, I what a, like, a cold person she is as well. And like even her being cold with her children is really giving me life as well. Definitely, like, that's a real yeah. character trait I envy. Very good. Well, we will come back with some thoughts on Real Housewives of New York. Amazing. Okay, Real Housewives of New York. Stephen and I just went off on a tangent in the break anyway. And I just started saying, we we're talking about how like Ebony hasn't really had a moment to like talk about her, like grandmother passing or anything because Leah this season has just like taken all screen time in regards, I guess, to like death and grandmothers and everything that we never got a moment to kind of sit with her besides when they're in with Salem. But it's just been hard to get any, Many moments, I guess, in that sense. Definitely. It was so hard to be empathetic in those moments. And I think all of Ebony's uh, screen time up to this point has just been really uh, her being teachy-preachy, to quote the women. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which is no disrespect to her. I mean, I I feel like she seems like a lovely person. I'm just not sure that the show has portrayed her out uh, as interesting as she could be. No, and I hope now as well, because, like, to be honest, I completely forgot about the whole long-lost sister thing till they came back to New York this time and she mentioned it again, like, last week. And I was like, oh, God, I forgot you mentioned that at the beginning of the season. Now that that's kind of put to bed and that's no longer a storyline, I hope we get to, like, hear more about her now. She's going through this breakup and seeing her, like, either date or meet new people or something. Like, I hope we get to see, like, another side to her on the other side of this because I feel like we're not getting... I don't know, enough of her, like, day-to-day life, basically, yeah, on the it was, show. It was so hard to even feel sad about her breakup because it was a man that we'd never... I don't even know Not even is. seen, not even heard of, Dan. Like, mm. I just wasn't aware she was seeing someone, um, you know. So, I, I I, don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I like what she's doing in the show. I think that it's so important to be such a powerful advocate for all the things that she's speaking about, but... It certainly hasn't played out as as seamlessly and as entertaining to watch as I think the producers would have hoped. Yeah. Let's talk about Sonia coming in um, the following day saying she can barely walk, which we end up finding out (laughs) later on is probably because she's just so violently hung over from the night before. But, oh, Sonia, I... Poor little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I think at the start of this season, I thought, gosh, I just don't know how much more these women have to give. All we see of them is just them being drunk, foolish, you know, aunt characters. But I think after last week, I really underestimated how much 
I needed to watch it. I um, do love seeing them just being like horny in New York. And the thing <laughs> is as well, the weird like dynamic between Ramona, Luann and Sonia, they do like to talk this big game about being these big flirts, dating men, screwing men, whatever, but they can never be happy for the, like the other one when never. they've, when they've ever like hooked up with someone or if they're happy, they need to like tear them down. It's like, there's this weird jealousy and competition between the three of them. As much as they want to talk this big game about what the big flirts they are. As soon as one of them says, Oh, like I got fucked last night or whatever. I can barely walk. They're all like, Oh, how can I find a way to kind of like bring them down about this? Like they're yeah. never happy for each other. It's such, so weird. We must fact check. Like they have to pull it apart. I also died with Luann quoting her song while she was looking in the mirror <laughs> in her confessionals this week. That was far too Hair much. done, jewellery on, mirror on the wall. I mean, really, it's just I, relentless. I, I would say before this episode, I was, I've, and I've said a few times, I think Luann had been giving us absolutely nothing this season. Like I, everyone was talking about Ramona being the issue and she's not doing enough or whatever. But I always thought we're missing talking about Luann because Luann's doing, in my mind, shit all this season. But I think now that we're coming back to her, like, terrible music career and her like fighting with Leah over rights and stuff for the song. Like, I think this is where Luann shines, where her shining is just being a mess essentially. And just wanting to be this like diva. And I, I also loved as well in this episode where she was filming the music video and she said, Oh, I'm so happy the women get to see like the production and like how much hard work this is. And I'm not just a diva. (laughs) Like it is a lot of hard work. And then it just cut to her like, drinking champagne talking to the women on the side like it was like beautiful beautiful (laughs) editing (laughs) i think the two uh most entertaining components of watching luann on screen through all the seasons is either her musical career through her recording or through cabaret Mm. uh, and then also her dating life because it really does become front and center when she falls in love and I think that's what's been missing to this point is that she hasn't been able to do her cabaret shows obviously because of the pandemic finally she's recording again and also things with Garth don't seem to be going so well as per this episode so I'm hoping that that uh you know rejuvenates and she falls back in love because my god Luann and Tom were some of the best episodes of the whole series I yes I 100% agree that the Luann and Tom like saga was one of my favorite don't let it be story arcs <laughs> but honestly that i thought garth was going to be much more of like a presence but like is your understanding as well that they've like completely broken up now after that page six article like is it that seemed it? yeah it seemed like it hey and i think if they were good he would have been in the show much more yeah he only like appeared in that hamptons episode and then didn't seem to like pop back up again which i just found very odd because i think luann really likes a man who's like front and center like on the show with her to like express their love a hundred percent definitely how could you do this to me? Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, would you ever be a Sonia Morgan intern? Before I'd watch the show, no. <laughs> and now, probably still no. Oh, no, I would do it. I would do it. I think... You would? I'd hope that we could record this podcast from the inside if I did do it. Um, God, oh, they get. It would... I th- I feel like I could turn her life around. 
they get treated terribly, but fuck, she's entertaining, isn't she? She's so good. And that that chaos of that meeting where she brought Ramona in to talk to her business partner, that was absolute pure chaos. Like, I just... I... One, I don't know how she gets any business done to begin with, but I also loved, like, it got to a point where they're basically claiming she gets no money from her business partner, and then he was saying, you have $10,000 worth of uncashed checks, and that just <laughs> seems right on brand for Sonia. It was just such a chaotic scene, wasn't it? Poor Guarav. Um Although he was paying a lot in his legal legal bills out of her, her pocket. But God, her voice just, the volume escalated oh, yeah, so quickly was, with her this I, season. I, oh, I, I all of that seemed completely dodgy. Like, I didn't believe anyone in that situation. I didn't believe Sonia was saying anything of sense. I didn't think he was either. But I don't think anyone came out looking good either side of that. Like, there's just, I think there's no money being made. I think they're just chasing their own tail, basically, in that business, like, every second of it. Definitely. And when you seek for a voice of reason, particularly in business, but, you know, generally socially as well, Ramona Singer is not front of mind. I do like that Ramona came in dressed for business. Like, she looked to the best I've ever seen her. That, yeah, was, she, that was great. Business chic from Ramona there. I did like that she had nothing of importance to say during that. She's just her going, she needs to see the books. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that was basically all she had to add to that entire discourse. Um, li- okay, I don't know if I'm just, this is probably lockdown doing it to me. Was um, Leah's brother attractive? Yes, I've got yes. it in my notes. Okay, yes. I also had that feeling when I saw him because I saw him randomly on one of her like Instagram posts ages ago that like, was her brother and I was like, why isn't he on the show? And now he finally is. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm very, I feel like he might be one of those people if you shaved with a moustache, I'd be like, oh, you probably look creepy. I'm not into it. But at the moment, I feel like I'm into this look and vibe. I'm into it. I really liked her sister as well. This, uh, like, dark-haired Leah with the bangs. Mm. Um, I thought it was a nice scene. She's been, I mean, so underwhelming this season. Oh, yeah, There's not she's been a not... lot to give from her, which you know already. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Leah actually making it to next season, which is a shame for her. I feel like she had a good first season, but this is, there's nothing. Also, the crying at the smell of their grandmother, and was it like rosary beads or something that they brought into the house that she had on or something during the funeral? That was all a bit, I don't, I don't need to see that. That was a bit, a bit much. Yeah, sprayed with her perfume. She cried and then nearly choked on some falafel. <laughs> it was terrible for Leah. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dan, on obviously there's a lot of chatter uh, on socials about the ideal New York cast and who they need to bring back and what needs to change. You know, do you think a return of the old faithfuls is what's in order? No. So my one thing is I don't think Bethany is a Band-Aid. Like, I don't think Bethany needs to come back and, like, fix the show. Yes, she's a very good, I would say, like, good person to call out people's bullshit on the show. Like, I do think she's good for that reason. And I think they are missing that. I don't think Ebony can take that role. Like as much as she's a bit of a straight shooter, I don't think these women are as accommodating to her approach to them. I feel like they do need someone in that role. I don't think necessarily is Bethany coming back. I think they honestly need someone who is richer than all of them, which I know is someone like a Bethany character, but someone to come in that if they speak their truth or their perspective, it sits above theirs basically. And they just need to be pulled into line. And I just think they need someone like that. I think Dorinda can come back. 
I think she's had her time off and she doesn't look like she's mentally well from her Instagram post, but Certainly so not. <laughs> I don't think she, I don't think she ever was well. So like no. she can come back at this point, maybe Tinsley needs a second go. I don't think we're missing her, but maybe no, that's rubbish. Don't no, say that. No, but I see a lot of, like, I understand she thinks she had a fairy tale ending and then it obviously wasn't. So I think her being back on the dating scene again could be interesting, but she's, I don't think she's what would, fix the show either and i don't like it's not it doesn't need fixing it just needs that whole little like refresh that they did in season five where i think you keep like half half old cast half new and just kind of freshen up a bit and i think so many so many different housewives franchises need that kind of refresh moment it just gets a bit stale at some point then just need to do that again just to like bring it back so i think so too and it's just become so exposed i've as you've said with such a light cast of just five members and not really able to hold the weight up i think um you know you're so right i think that bethany figure of the like authority and actually you know when you when she speaks you listen and it actually makes sense and she knows Mm. what she's talking about these women just run in circles around each other and I think you really miss that central figure is what we've seen in this season. And it's it's the same, and they have the same conversations and they don't get called out. I, I remember that there was a bit in, I think it must have been season seven or something when Bethany came back and Sonia was trying to speak to her about how she's a PR person. She promotes people <laughs> and Bethany's like in the middle of a club going, you can't keep saying this. You're just saying the same thing over and over again. And like you hearing yourself. And then Sonia just went on again. She goes, I promote people. Like I promote artists. I promote the LGBT. And she's like, stop it. Like she's like, shut up. Like stop saying this. And you just need someone who actually calls them out when they're being absolute like lunatics. And I think that's what's missing. And I know everything I'm saying is leading to like, a Bethany type character, but I don't think it's Bethany anymore because I think Bethany thinks she's better than the show. So I think you need someone who is happy to be on the show, but is happy to also be that like voice of reason amongst these like insane older single women. It would have been fantastic if she was a friend of, I agree. I'm not sure. I mean, she's my favorite housewife probably of all time Mm. on a personal note, but I'm not sure that a third time comeback is the right thing for her. um, It's just even the friends of the show have been terrible. I mean, you know, Heather was an awful addition, didn't add anything to the show. And then Bashan, I mean, come on. I think she, I think Bashan's doing okay. I don't think she, again, I don't think she fits with these women, but I think she is a housewife. Like, she has housewife energy. I don't think this cast is the... It's the wrong cast for her, hey. Yeah, but I think she has pure housewives energy and she could be as as she said when she was in Salem with them all these women are like grandmas and they're not doing anything I think she ne- I think she needs to be around a different energy than these women she so. wasn't lying I mean she was speaking the truth of the viewers who would who would you bring back from like um housewives past of New York oh god you know I mean Bethany and Dorinda are the clear front runners mm. I have a real soft spot for Carol as a past housewife I don't think she has a lot more to give the series I think mm. it was right for her to go but I do reflect on her fondly as a housewife Same. and then going right back I mean you know the Jill Zarens of the world I think left far too soon as mm. as to most people so other than that I, I don't really agree with you on the Tinsley front I found <laughs> her quite like boring to watch um who am I missing? No one else. I would only want Tinsley back just to have Dale back. I think Dale is, like <laughs> our, is probably the housewife that should return, actually. He's the answer. I think they just need to increase the size of the cast, don't they? Absolutely. Um, any other thoughts on New York? I did enjoy the whole 
like chaos of the music video shoot. Like I just felt like that was very like old school New York, just like them doing dumb shit felt back like the Jill's are in seasons when they were filming that music oh. video with like Jill and Kelly and Luann. Like it's just, it's all dumb shit. And I kind of, I enjoyed that energy. It was fantastic. Wasn't it? And the fact that it's not coming out until Christmas next year, because there's mm. so much to edit and finesse is just mm. absolutely perplexing. Uh, the Sonia's Sonia's father storyline. Uh, I'm finding a bit interesting as a new storyline after mm. she's been on the show since the very beginning. Mm. It took um, a clairvoyant to do that for her. The clairvoyant helped, but I did enjoy her talking to uh, Alida this mm. episode, which um, from appearance I thought looked a bit like New York's Krista Billich. Yes, I think she basically has that same energy as well. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I'm not particularly interested to see where that storyline goes, but, you know, I guess it's good to see a storyline for Sonia that isn't about drinking or, or the townhouse. Just to wrap up on New York and also still on Sonia, do you think it was fair to her to lie about the whole model situation? Like, do you think that's just like a Sonyaism where she's allowed to lie about what happened the night before? Like, is it a big deal or are there women just happy they caught her out in a lie, essentially? She can do no wrong in my eyes. I think she Mm. was absolutely fine to do that. Um, Yeah, go her. Love a bit of Sonia. After she's punched a hole in the, the fire extinguisher glass, I think, I mean... I hope I hope she did enjoy the caviar in that room with the uh, his girlfriend. I feel like they would have had a lovely time together. Surely the women know to take what she says with with a grain of salt, or a spoonful of caviar. A spoonful of caviar. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back with some Real Housewives of Potomac. Real Housewives of Potomac. So. Dear Stephen doesn't watch Potomac usually, so I've asked him to jump onto the latest episode and just give some hot takes on what's happening in our dear town outside of DC. Stephen, what's your what's your initial thoughts meeting these women for the first time? God, it was a bloody boring episode to jump <laughs> onto, wasn't it? it Far was. out. I really should have started from earlier. It has been on my radar. I know it's a fantastic series hmm. um, and it's the next one for me to start from the beginning. I think I did enjoy the women. I can tell they've got a lot to give. Uh, There's really strong friendships, but I can see that they also equally are strong enemies in some situations. I Mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, when the tension's right, they're going to have a lot lot to offer. But this episode was not it, was it? No. And it was just, like, I think it was very much one of those, like, filler episodes, like, in between things that are happening. It's just, it's also, like... There, it's that early stage where they've obviously introduced Mia and Escale at the same time. And I also have to ask this Escale girl, is she a teenager or is she a housewife? Because she looks too young to be on this show right now. Like She, she looks so young, Dan. So I, young. When she first walked in, I was like, that's someone's child. And also, like, the episode before when she was introduced, she was working at, like, she was helping out Robin at her warehouse. And I thought she was just, like, an assistant at the warehouse like she didn't look like a housewife to me and the fact that she's like a friend of this season is just like absolutely insane to me has she given much in prior episodes no so she only she literally only showed up last episode for the first time so she wasn't even in the first two so this is she's very fresh to the franchise and i just um i don't feel like she has staying power apparently her and mia at the moment are just like fighting on um 
Twitter and me as like you would be more than a friend of if you actually came to play or something like that. So they're in there. All- <laughs> what did you think? What's your um, impressions of Mia? Because she's like the newest housewife this season, like official housewife. Uh, I think she's a good addition to the cast. Mm. Um, I enjoyed watching her. I wouldn't like her probably on a personal note <laughs> was my commentary. Uh, but I think, yeah. And as you said with Escala, I just think amongst the seven women that they've already got in the cast, it's going to be hard to find a friend of that can, can keep up and, and offer the same that they do. Yeah, I think she's just immediately going to fade into the background. Also because these women are such like big personalities to begin with, I just don't think someone like mouse etiquette that Escala has is going to like break through at <laughs> any point with etiquette. these women. Do you know what uh, the sign of a, a filler episode is? Storylines based on their children. Oh, and... I, I can't deal with children. And also <sighs> just like... I'm so happy that, and I hate that you had to meet Ashley in the state that she's in, which is heavily pregnant about to give birth because Ashley's been quite a star of this show in previous seasons and is a, as she says in her opening taglines, what's messier than two boys? Me. Like she is, (laughs) she's been a great housewife, but her at the moment, I'm just so happy she's about to push this baby out of her because she'll be back sipping on her Coronas, which she does, and just having horrific marital issues with her disgusting husband, Michael. Like, it's just great that we're about to get back there. Is that what it is, the sobriety that's making her boring? No, no, I and I need to stop saying that because I sound like such an alcoholic on this podcast because I talk about, like, everyone's problem is, like, they're boring so not drinking, which I think I said about, like, Luann and Leah from it's New York. Which yeah, that I feel like well, God, I'm not I'm not really into um, Leah converting to Judaism. Like that's not really like you know getting me ready to like watch the next episode each week. But I just I think with Ashley, she's one of those people. And do you know what? I can't even think of an episode where Ashley's been like horrifically drunk and done something. But she's always just one of those people that just turns up at a party and is on. But I just feel like her pregnancy has been a bit of a distraction from her like coming into it a bit hot and her and like. Candace have such a like contentious kind of relationship and she wasn't even invited to this like pajama party because she was like you know on the brink of like pushing out a child so like you don't get to see that dynamic at play so I'm so happy that now she's going to get back to that after she has her like second boy thank god thank god hopefully she jumps straight to formula and doesn't breastfeed and can get straight back on the piss because otherwise oh yeah I think she would be be one of those like pump and dump girls when she's like on the pit. So I think, I think she'll be pump and dump. She'll, That's her tagline next series. Pump absolutely. And dump. Yeah. And her husband, the Australian that you would have met for two seconds is iconically horrific. Like he's abused like producers on the show. Like he's squeezed like guys that work on the show's asses and stuff. There's been rumors. He's been gay for years. They kind of covered it up last season by saying, Oh, like we're in a semi open relationship where we have like threesomes with like other women and stuff as if like they've got this very like flirtatious kind of vibe to them, but still denying that he like fucks guys, but like, it's kind of known. And there was like this whole storyline about him being on Grindr and like his photos popped up or something. And everyone was like, no, no, it was a fake, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot there, but at the moment they're trying to play like perfect family, perfect home kind of thing, which is just not who they are. So I can't wait for that to kind of unravel as they now have had their child. I look forward to it. It was very boring. I mean, yeah, there was so (laughs) many, so many storylines about children, which is just boring in any series. I don't give Mm. a fuck about Ashley and her kid. I don't give a fuck about Karen burning the fish on a call with her daughter. And I certainly don't give a fuck about Giselle's daughter failing her driving test. I mean, it's really just... 
did you what's pass next? Your Someone's going to move away for college, and that's going to be really just the whatever comes after a trifecta. I can't think of the word. <laughs> did you did you pass your first driver's test? I did. Yeah, I fudged all my hours. Um, mm. And did just you get your like? Did you get it. your P's on first go? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, well thank you. Not like poor Grace, but it's probably it sounds like it's a bit more intense over there. Yes, um, but it's, it sounded more like a general knowledge test for her. It didn't sound like she was actually driving in a car with anyone, so I think she just didn't know the questions, really. Oh, she didn't even yeah. get behind the wheel. Well, no, it sounded like it was an actual like test because they were asking about like answers wrong and stuff, so I assume she was just literally doing like a written exam or something and she just didn't know what she was doing, poor girl. God, so, um... you stupid, Grace. My God, that's not well, that's Well, that's what she thought when she got in the car, how fucking stupid she was. That's why she couldn't look at anyone or speak. So it is, it is quite depressing. I did enjoy my one moment that I did enjoy from this episode was um, Robin saying um, Karen's going to have a super spreading event for her vow renewal um, just to prove that she likes her husband's dick. So that was like... That was a moment of joy for me. It was certainly a moment of joy. Uh, I thought the episode did peak towards the end. Um, I look forward to seeing more of that party next week. Mm. But, um, oh, yes, and next week we did see Giselle um, screaming at Karen, I just want Ray to pay his bills, which is Karen's husband, so I can't wait for that to kind of <laughs> come to light there as well. Um, I do have to say, so probably, I don't know if something you've kind of seen float across I don't know your feed online, but Giselle is notoriously known for having horrific fashions. And I just thought that fucking robe she was wearing at that party, even though I know it would have caught like it, she spent a bit of money on it. She still just looked absolutely horrific and looked like she was like, I don't know, an extra on like high five or something. It was just, it it was very, very colorful. Wasn't it very bright? I, I didn't hate it, certainly not to oh. the extreme that you did. Mm. Um, I think the one other thing about Potomac that I would say is I did appreciate the looks that they were serving. Uh, I think the scene when they were exercise and walking, I think it was Robin with, I think, Wendy and Escala. I think they mm. all looked fantastic. I love the I coats think, that they were wearing to yes, exercise in. That was ridiculous. Exactly. Ridiculous, but they just look so fucking edgy and so mm. cool, which is the difference between this series and and New York where they're all grandmas, to quote Bashan, <laughs> and Beverly Hills where you never really know what you're going to get with their style there. Absolute mixed bag. I do I do enjoy... So Wendy's having a bit of a personality crisis this season because she had a bit of a glow up in between with her new boobs and new ass and a bit of a tweaking, she said. So she's kind of adjusting to her new body and personality, which she's calling Zen Wen. Um, so that's been an adjustment. And I think she's still fighting her feet with who she is in her second season, as, as Leah is as well, um, our dear... Jewish Leah. Because is Um, Wendy usually like the MVP, Dan? No, no, no. So Wendy was like kind of quieter and um, kind of measured last night. Like she had a few moments where she got into a few fights, but she was always kind of like, oh, I'm the professor. I'm Dr. Wendy. I'm like the educated one in this moment. But now she's like, I'm a a looks gal this season. So it's a bit of a a change from her tempo last season. Yeah, yeah. And this is only her second season. Yes. So I think she's coming quite hot with the, uh, uh, like, season two glow up. Yeah, I enjoyed Candace in her recording studio. I thought that was a nice scene. Oh yes, she's um just released some music video this week for Drive Back, so please um please check it out. I'll tune so. in right after the podcast. Absolutely. 
All right. Any other thoughts on uh, Potomac? Will you will you give it like another episode a go? Will you go back to the beginning or? I think I need to start from the start. Yeah. With this one, I think yeah, it looks really promising. I'm really excited. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry that you had to come in on such a um, lackluster episode, but it's a low I, note, I, wasn't it? I, I promise you, there is. Uh, there's gold. There's gold in there. A very low note, but that's all right. We'll forgive them this time. All right. Well, we'll be back with some quick thoughts. And we're back with some quick thoughts. Uh, Showers of Sunset. I know Stephen doesn't watch, but um, this week they've headed off on their little trip in the forest. And I thank the gods that I got to see Shervin in a sauna. He could absolutely, as I've said before, punch me in the face. Um Seeing Reza in London fight was such a gift, even though London annoyed the hell out of me this episode. I can't stand someone who can't shut up, which is ironic. I'm hosting a podcast, but Reza, <sighs> honestly, her everything she said about Reza was absolutely valid, but also she's just annoying me now as well. And even though I can't stand Tommy, everything he says about Reza is the absolute truth. Reza is the worst. Below Deck Med, um, Matt, the chef, can just fuck off at this point. He's an absolute joke. I can't send someone coming in and off the boat with just absolute bullshit. It's time to go. And Katie is such a weak chief head stew, just going to Sandy for all her problems. Hannah would never be gone. Steven, you've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. What's your thoughts so far? I know, I know, and I'm really not such a, a runator, but I have <laughs> caught the last two episodes since being back in Melbourne. Um, it's actually been pretty good. I thought this season I'm enjoying it a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. my baseline was down under, so this is certainly a notch above. <laughs> a <step up. laughs> um, Who's your favourite? I kind of like Raja at the moment. Raja's great. I do enjoy Raja. I was kind of going for Akira, but obviously RIP. Um, but we will see a few of them come back as well. So, And I can't wait to see Jan's return. Jan, even though I can't stand Jan, I think she's great for the show. Like She's just that very like annoying musical theatre presence that I think is just lovely to see. I think it's needed in the show. Um, so do, does Jan come back? Well, like, you know how since all of them have been eliminated, Rue does that weird message and goes, Yes, it's not not over. over." So, pretty much every All Star season, they give everyone who's eliminated a chance to come back into the competition. So, usually only one makes it back in. So, I think at some point, and I assume it has to be soon, one of them will come back on the show. So, they'll give them that opportunity in the next couple weeks, I imagine. So, riveting stuff. Hopefully, it's Jan, not Happy Jan. No. I'm enjoying, I think Eureka's quite funny, but obviously it's not like top any week kind of thing. And Ginger Minch is quite a lol as well. But Yeah, so. not winner material, are they? No, I feel like it's the competition's being made for like Trinity K. Bonet at this point. Like I know she had like a shit start, but I think like she's getting built up as like the person that's going to basically win at this point. So. She was great last week, I thought. What, the American Horror Story? <laughs> I think so. The look was really strong, wasn't it? Am I totally missing my... I think the, yeah, the, sorry, the look was strong. I don't think the performance as the no, two no. of the headed twin was like uh, anything to write home about, but uh, we'll always remember <laughs> Beyonce. Um, I assume you're not watching Survivor Australia, Stephen. It's not I'm not, I'm not. Should I be? Um, it's one of my favourite shows, so okay. I'm just going to talk it up. But um, basically, um, 
any attraction I had for Andrew this week absolutely went out the window when he based his decision of who to eliminate from the latest tribal council on um, their connection with nature because that's what he judges people on. So that was absolutely fucked. Um, Emmett is still hot to me, so I'm a terrible person. And <laughs> Simon, I don't understand everyone's like absolute trust in Simon as this like tour de force in the competition. He's just... Nothing. I don't know why everyone feels like they're underneath him. I can't wait to see him go, but I hope he stays as well because, again, hot. Um, and way winning immunity almost cried, so that was stunning to see. Stephen, we've come to the end. Thank you so much for doing this yet again all the way from Melbourne, and I hope we get you back to Sydney at some point. I hope we can actually do this in person again, but I wanted to say thank you so much for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure, Dan Tom. I've loved every minute again. Uh, you know, can't wait to be back. I think I'll be back in Sydney shortly, hopefully. And at this moment in your life, I have to ask you, um, are you renewed or cancelled? Oh, God, I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, since you asked me to be on the show. Mm. Uh, gosh, 20 minutes ago. No, it was like three days ago. Um, I think... Oh, Almost cancelled, almost cancelled. I think maybe I've got one more season in me Great. Uh, for a bit of a resurgence. Just That's promising. So they're going to give you one more go. I don't think anybody could be confidently renewed in this current climate. Oh, absolutely not. I, As I said last week, I'm basically on the cusp of absolutely getting cancelled. Talking, actually, talking about renewals, there's this weird, and I don't know if it's just gay people being hopeful on Twitter, but there seems to be people tweeting that, like, there's a possible sydney revival like real housewives of sydney coming back really go which on I, which i'm here oh someone someone's made some outrageous claim that there's some like contract between foxtel that they need to supply another season of um real housewives of sydney to like someone overseas like itv or something which i don't know if it has any merit it's a tweet i'm basing this off but look i i, I love a tweet so and then there's just been some other tweets about, oh, there's like rumours of this happening. So I don't know if it's all originated from this one tweet, but people are keen and I've said it from day one, I would love to see it come back in some form. It doesn't have to be the exact same cast. I'm happy for a shake-up, but I would love to see it back on our screens. I think the cast definitely needs a shake-up. You know me, as long as my Matty Semi is back there, who is presumably an avid listener by this mm. point of gas-bagging the show. Queen of Double Bear. Queen of Double Way, she's been very busy lately uh, providing COVID updates on what mm. week of lockdown we're up to in Sydney. Uh, lots of Netflix to watch, Love which is Netflix. really good. A lot of Netflix, uh, singular, not plural. Mm. So I think, you know, and, and the whole Banjo storyline, I mean, he's been released in his own Swanky Pose book. So I think there's there's plenty to uncover in that as a storyline on the show. If you don't mind me saying, your um, beautiful partner, Ran into Maddie Samai at the park the other day. Are we allowed to talk about this? He did, yeah, he did. I mean, he's run into her. That's the second time now. Mm. Uh, he the other says, time she was vaping near the Beresford. <laughs> vaping near the Beresford on Anzac Day. A little worse for wear. And surprisingly, she did recognise him the second time because, you know, her state suggested that she wouldn't. Mm. Um, she is a creature of habit, so it is not really such a shock that he would run into her again. Mm. And I think it was I think it was Rushcutter's Bay yeah. Park or something like that. Oh, if um, you don't think I'm going to be down at Rushcutter's Bay every day for the rest of time until I run into her, you are mistaken. Well, I, I, I look forward to seeing the updates. Um, Banjo has pinkies now, so it's mm. very easy to spot him out. Um, I just... 
I don't know I could do it, you know. I mean, I'm an avid follower of her character arc and mm. an avid imitator as well. Mm. I just think I'd, I'd have to run away if I saw her in the park. I don't think I'd know how to handle it. I don't think I'd be able to act like a normal human speaking to her because the amount of shit we've spoken just on chats about her and know about her, it would. it's almost at a level of I don't think it's... Um, it's invasive. It is invasive to speak to her, so I, I think I'd have to leave her alone. I couldn't not do the voice, and mm. I couldn't not talk about Matty the musical, the concept, and I think that that alone. Mm. Uh, for all for all listeners, we've actually started to almost pen um, uh, Matty Samai the musical. Um, there's three acts that we've got quite fleshed out at this point, and um, Stephen's actually um, basically recorded a whole song at this point which is fantastic set to Next what time. track uh, i will survive yes i will survive uh, retitled f45 mm-hmm. uh about her gorgeous affiliation between the medispa and f45 got a hundred dollars off medispa by money and you know what can i tell you about the set of maddie the musical there's giant lips there's a, a Medispa clinical kind of theme set. Mm. There's a park theme set. You know, it's all really coming together. Stephen, would you mind, um, I'm going to ask you on the spot here and then I'll edit it in afterwards, but would you mind if to end this episode, if I um, end the episode with a snippet from your um, song of Maddie? Absolutely. From, from Maddie the Musical. Yeah. Oh, gosh. If I have your permission here, I feel like that's the best way to kind of end it. It would be a crime against the listeners of gas bagging to not put it in. And I apologise in advance. It's going to be about as well received as, as one of Countess Luann's tracks. But um, how exciting. Exciting stuff. Um, be just before we get to that, Stephen, where can people find you if you want them to? Sure thing. I'm on Instagram. I'm Stephen E-M-M. And I don't do Twitter, so don't do that. But Stunning. Yeah, if you game, Insta is the way to go. Correct. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Dan Tom Morrison on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow Gas Bagging, it's at Gas Bagging on Instagram and TikTok. And follow, subscribe, all that shit on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for doing this again. And we'll listen to you sing us out. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Oh, Banjo, you look so sad with no more colour ears. But Mummy cannot afford to keep dyeing your ears before swanky pose. Mummy, why don't you try and make more money when you go to the gym? Okay, I actually really like that idea, Sahara. I really like that idea. First I went to fitness, first at Bondi Need to earn some extra money to get Banjo's ears dyed But I spent so many workouts thinking how I don't belong I said so long And now I've turned to song and so I'm back In Double Bay I just walked in at 6am A crazy person you will say You might not understand me talk Or the way I count a tree But if you join the club Get $100 off at Medispa by Manny With Benzo Sitting at the door What does a dog think? His ears aren't bluish anymore While I work out I'm smiling with my mouth up open wide Like Cookie Monster 
Eating Persian salad and ribeye, oh no, not I. F45. Oh, as long as I keep working out, his ears will stay tired. I've got all my love to live and a discount, I will give it a 45. F45. Hey. Our mum 